I hate poetry. And I love poetry. Writing poetry is like farting. If you're trying too hard, it might be shit. Oh dear. (laughs) Our intro poem for this week is called Haiku for Babies, and it's by Anonymous. You're so cute, but why should I write haiku for you? You can't even read. I love that. (laughs) It's great. I found it and it was just perfect. Episode four. We're getting there, aren't we, mate? (laughs) We are. We're getting through these bit by bit. This is this is good. I'm excited. This episode, I have some uh, poets that I hadn't heard of before. Um, and I found, I think, hopefully, some quite interesting poems from them. So even Charlie might be wrong in this episode. I'd be excited to see that. Yeah. Well, I, I think probably I'm wrong on a few of our episodes, but I just don't have anyone who's like, yes, uh, you know, higher above to tell me like you did that wrong or that's actually a load of rubbish. Of course, like, of course. I just you, you just you just sort of nod and go. Yes, poetry <laughs> god. <laughs> you know what? I think there are a lot of other podcasts out there that do get it wrong a lot of the time. And I think, you know, this isn't called the Dylan J. Kershaw experience, is it? So no. it's, it's, it's both of us. And um, I think if we're going to make political statements, then at least one of us can be the devil's advocate. So it's all good, man. That's true. Fair enough. First off, our first poem uh, is by a woman called Michelle T. Is this a real name? I think so. I'm hoping I'm saying it right. It's one of those names where, yeah, it could be Michelle Tia. I think it's Michelle T. I think it's Michelle um, T. She's not uh, British, yeah. is she? No, but she she did grow up in Chelsea, Massachusetts. Okay. Um. So, uh, which, you know, obviously there's a Chelsea in London. That yeah, was the whole cool. link. Yeah, just yeah, of course, for, course. Yeah, yeah. For, for people who don't live in England. Or the football um, team, if you want to be more sports related. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Michelle, Michelle T, she is a post-punk performance poet. Okay. Try and say that with your false teeth in. Um, yeah, so she grew up in Massachusetts. She, she writes narrative poetry uh, and also prose. So that's like, you know, normal writing. What's narrative um, poetry? Uh, poetry with a story to it, which you could argue that most Every. poetry yeah. has a narrative. Yeah, of course. It just depends how you define narrative. Right. If you're thinking like, you know, an, a more straightforward narrative. Yes. Maybe that's the type of thing Michelle does. But I'm definitely a narrative poet then in that case, Charlie. All my poems think, are about me. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think they are. I think yeah. they are. Your autobiography. Poems. I know. Uh, well, it's, it's a lot shorter to write a poem than an autobiography, so. True. The Poetry Foundation says that her poems often explore issues of class, queer identity, feminism, and autobiography. So she is an autobiographical poet a lot of the time. I know sometimes on this show I've said that we can't always take, you know, we can't always assume that the speaker is the poet, but maybe in this one we might be able to. She's she's done loads. She's got numerous books. She's uh, edited anthologies uh, and she's a self-publishing advocate um, and has won lots of awards and things like that. So, so she, She's you know, quite progressive then. She's in the, from the last century, is she? Yeah, yeah, she is. Yep, she was born in 1971. So I guess you us. could say she's the T in LGBT, eh? Eh? Uh, potentially. Nice. Potentially. Good. I like that. Thank you. Uh, she she lives. She currently lives in San Francisco. So Great. still living in the states. Um, but yeah, she she's widely regarded and renowned by the looks of things. So 
again, I before I'd researched her, I didn't really know much about her. So this is going to be interesting. So uh, this poem is called Oh God by Michelle T. Um, and this is what's been called an anti-love poem. So let's see what you make of it. Oh God by Michelle T. Spilling water from my back. You call and I come. That exhausted walk to reach you, breathless. And no, I didn't run to see you. I've been smoking too much. Same thing. Another awkward hug in the car as my face smashes your cheek that I can feel it leaving now is the saddest. A beautiful eruption. You could have picked it off the tree and chowed, but you weren't hungry. Feeling it dying away all day. Much worse than the straining against the leash. Another gorgeous thing that should not have happened. Gone. Again. Okay. Mm. So by anti-love, do you mean yes. this is this is basically like a proper breakup poem, right? This is yeah, like basically. the Adele of poetry. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it's sort of like a rejection poem. It, it's, yeah, it's... It's basically unrequited love. Yeah, you know, I, I think I might have an idea on why, you know, this guy has broken up with it. I mean, it could be anyone, a guy or girl. I think it it's because of a name, mate. Honestly, you don't want to you don't want to <laughs> marry into the T family, do you? The T family? No, no, no. no. <laughs> Maybe that's why she's always leaving people. Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, there's quite a few metaphors in this. So I'd like to go through with you the metaphors yes. to make sure I'm understanding yeah, but, them. So... Yeah. Spilling water from my back, right? Yeah. Is that like the sweat from carrying a relationship? Like, Yeah, it could be. Yeah, wow. Well, she says, spilling water from my back. So she's sweating. Like you say, you call and I come. Like, yeah. if, 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 you, if you want me, I'm, I'm going to be there. She, she's excited to see this person. She said, that exhausted walk to reach you breathless. And no, I didn't run to see you. I've just been smoking too much. Uh, you know, she's trying to pretend that she doesn't like this person. She's trying to feign. Oh no, I didn't. I, I didn't run, but she did. She yes. like that's the whole. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so it is sweat. So yeah. it's either that, or yeah, something a bit unsafe for work, really, about spilling water yes. from my back and then yeah. talking about coming. Uh, yeah. and, you know that kind of stuff. I, <laughs> yeah, I did a Charlie on that Dylan poem. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I didn't run to see you. I've been spoken too much. I like the use of I've like as an excuse on why she's out of breath. Like, cause also you yes. can associate smoking with being unhealthy or, you know, yeah. I know that some people that still smoke now at my age, um, who even in the, you know, mid to late twenties are actually struggling with exercise because of it. So oh, wow. yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Mm, yeah, definitely. I mean, smoking is, yeah, I, I'm glad that I don't smoke, especially being a singer yes. and, you know, doing a podcast. Uh, you, know, you need your voice. <laughs> I can imagine you in in secondary school when they're passing the blunt around. They go, "Go on, Charlie, take a spiff," and you're like, "No, I'm gonna have a po- I'm gonna have a poetry podcast in the future. Can't ruin this beautiful voice." <laughs> That's it, exactly. No, I'm sorry, I can't partake in your recreational drugs because I have a I have a podcast to to talk on. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, oh yeah, I always love the use of drugs in some way in in poetry. I think it's 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 really great. <laughs> I was waiting for where the full stop would be. <laughs> you could have picked it off the tree and chowed, but you weren't hungry. Is she saying like you could have had it all if you really wanted it? 
if you had the appetite. But it also comes off yeah. as a bit sexual, the whole picking off the tree. It's like very animalistic, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, massively. I, well, this whole poem, as you've already said, it's full of sexual frustration. Yes. And like you said, you know, you um, you call and I come. Well, the word come there is, you know, deliberately um, ambiguous. Yes. You know, it's sexual and it's it's pointing to that as well as just saying, I, I, I come to you, I arrive where you are. Yes, yes, okay, yeah, so, exactly. Mm. I do actually kind of like the name of the poem. This is kind of a new thing we've done, especially this season, is we've looked mm. at the names of the poem and actually judged them as well as the poem. And I think I, I do like the name because if you've ever been in a breakup, I do associate the words, oh God, with that. It's, I think it's a perfect way to describe a breakup. It's what you're thinking at the time. Like, it's just uh-huh. the perfect way, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. You it. You have no other words sometimes than just to, yeah, just to cry out. So I definitely agree that. And again, like there's ambiguity in that title as well, right? Like when else do people like cry, oh God? Yeah. There's lots of, well, there's one in particular that I can think of. Oh, so you mean the sexy time? (laughs) Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. There we go. So again, it's sort of playing on that doubleness right like almost two poems here sort of smashed into one or two so it's like the subtitle of a porn film (laughs) (laughs) great that's amazing yeah i I think i like i i I actually the more i think about this the more i like it and i I do like how it's simplistic and Mm, because you know like when they say breakup sex is what people millennials say isn't it it's a word yeah. of adapted. Sex is so close to breaking up. They're very close together things. I think they're both extreme emotions and it's like a very, very thin line, right? Mm. Yeah, it is. Um, I, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I zoned out for a second. I was trying to figure something out. You're thinking so. of breakup sex. <laughs> no, not at all. I was trying to understand the line, a beautiful eruption. Ah, um, ah right. So that's sexual as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, she's just hugged the person out in a car. Another awkward hug in the car as my face smashes your cheek, especially like, again, yeah. that's another sexual, that, that could be turned sexual. Yeah. That I can feel it leaving now is the saddest. A beautiful eruption. You could have picked it off the tree and chowed, but you weren't hungry. Wow. Again, it's like pretty embarrassing, it's like isn't it? If he's a little, erupting yeah. from just a hug, that's pretty embarrassing. <laughs> well, it's that, yeah, it's that. It, it is showing. It's talking sort of about the sexual, but also like the awkward, because it's like you know a beautiful eruption. Maybe they got one of the people got upset, and it's like tears. Yes, but also it, it might be like the wasted potential. Like there was potential for us to go inside and have sex. Yes. And that didn't happen. I'm leaving now. Yeah. And you, you're not hungry. You're not hungry for it. You don't want it. You don't want me. I, yeah. I, I think this... Oh, shit. Sorry. I think this poem is really good. And I actually like the fact there's lots of different meanings of it. You can make mm. it a PG poem or you can make it an 18 plus, you know? Exactly. Exactly. It's up to you. Yeah. It, it's what I like about poetry. Like, again, that ambiguity in some of the words. Yes. That you can pull things out. There's, there's things there you can pull out. And, yeah, there, yeah. Are, there are a lot of things they could pull out in this poem, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. There's a the title. Yep, there you go. There's a lot of things you can pull out. Brilliant. Okay, so 
what's our next poem? Our next poem. This is a similar. This is similar to the first poem. So, similar subject matter. Another anti-love it, one. Uh, yes, basically. This is a guy called Michael Miller. It's by a guy called Michael Miller, and this, the poem is called December. Uh, he lives in Fullerton, California. Uh, he runs his own um, publishing press uh, and has written several books, one called College Town, one called The First Thing Mastered, and another called Angels in Seven. He's a journalist and has written for the LA Times uh, and lots of other publications. Um, he's won a couple of awards um, and he has also served as a judge for the Poetry Out Loud competition and the San Diego Book Awards. So he, you know, he's done loads. He's, yeah, very, very accomplished, uh, mostly a journalist, but likes to, by the sound of it, dabble in poetry as well. So great. Uh, this, yeah, this poem is called December by Michael Miller. I want to be a passenger in your car again and shut my eyes while you sit at the wheel. Awake and assured in your own private world, seeing all the lines on the road ahead, down a long stretch of empty highway, without any other faces in sight. I want to be a passenger in your car again and put my life back in your hands. So I've noticed that both these poems are both extremely submissive. They're being the ones following, not the ones leading. Yes. Which Good. makes it that much sadder, right? Mm, it does. It, it makes you think it's, it, it's more tragic because perhaps they were their own downfall. What did yes. they not do that yes. caused these things to happen? Were they not proactive enough? You know, in, in our first poem today, you could potentially argue that the other person didn't even know that yeah. um, they were interested. They didn't even make a move. You know, it's just like, like awkward hugs in the car. Like, yeah. See you later, mate. Or whatever. I, don't know. <laughs> I love your little voices when you do. Yeah, and I'm like little characters. <laughs> they always like borderline. I don't, I don't know what it is. Like <laughs> it's just like these little little creatures that live in my head. That pop yeah. Up. See you later, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think um, the really interesting thing is I'm guessing Michael's a, a man. Um, yeah. It's interesting that one of them is written by a man and one of them by a woman. And if you were going to assume gender roles, which mm. you should absolutely not, should you, Charlie? Uh, probably not, no. But <laughs> if you do, um, you'd think this, this this second poem is quite a sort of feminine view or okay. perspective, you know? E explain yourself. I think that both are sort like both are sort of very traditional and like kind of being a passenger, being submissive, you, you sort of imagine that in a sort of old traditional sexist sense, right? Yeah. Where it's yep, a man definitely. driving the car. Good, right? Yeah. Um, and it's it's a man making decisions of what happens. And um, mm. the fate of that woman is in, you know, um, kind of in the man's hands. So yeah. I find it really interesting that Michael's gone out and done a different perspective, from, uh, maybe from a male perspective, um, yeah. but in a completely different way. And I think that's very, very interesting. Yeah, definitely. He's definitely subverting the, um, the gender roles, like you say, the sort of stereotypical gender. Yes. Of, you know, again, the, the man potentially being the driver um, mm -hmm. and the female being the passenger, whereas he is the passenger. And He's flipped it completely. Yeah, definitely. And... You could perhaps argue, I mean, we don't know, but you yeah. could potentially sort of assume that maybe that's why this relationship ended because he was just a passenger. He, he didn't yes. have any skin in the game. He wasn't, he wasn't active in it. He was uh, just you know. a submissive gimp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. A submissive, sub oh gosh, don't make me say it. 
<laughs> yes, you're definitely being very submissive. Yes. Um, and I think that's another thing is, you know, you could potentially argue that even though we're trying to sort of, um, you know, deconstruct gender roles, mm. that sometimes, you know, women want a man to be proactive. They want him to take charge, to take the lead sometimes. Yeah. Um, it, it sort of... Because again, we're still we're still in the midst of this <laughs> breaking that down. So yeah, maybe being a passenger was what was what yeah destroyed. And vice it. versa, know. maybe that you know maybe the in the other pair, the man wanted the woman to take more charge and be a bit more yeah. So like, you know that maybe yeah. Again, I don't know the the sexualities of either of these poets, but exactly uh, you know whoever it was, the other party, yeah, maybe they maybe they were waiting for them to make a move, but then. You could potentially argue that both sides were being too passive. Maybe, maybe and, absolutely. Uh, I do the like problem. this theme of playing of gender roles and with mm. people's uh, so, or society's expectations and yeah, flipping. Definitely. It. Uh, as 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 good as that all is, Charlie, yeah. uh-huh. and as entertaining as thought provoking. Yes, I don't like the title of this one. I've got to Why? say, it's called December. What yeah. has it got to do with anything to do with the poem? Except maybe the month it happened. You know. Yeah, that's true. If he was going to do this, yeah, my creative thought process would be he should do a whole poetry collection of a whole year, and every month could be like his relationship status. Uh, you know? Okay, yeah, so I like, like, that. like you know, in, in in December he had a massive heartbreak, and then in January he got a blowjob behind the wheelie bins outside of Subway. You know, <laughs> like wow, that was a roller coaster right there. <laughs> a diary of. <laughs> What happened in that month? I think that'd be really cool. <laughs> you got a six inch behind somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> You're being generous. Foot long, Charlie. <laughs> Foot long. Oh, gosh. Um, well, I would like to make a case as to why he might have called it December. I don't know this. I don't know Michael personally. He's not told me this. However, December, for example, is the last month of the year. It's yes. the end of the year. It's potentially, you could argue, the darkest month of the year or... Mm. The year when we remember those we've loved. Uh, I think we yeah. talked in our Christmas episode about this a little bit. Reevaluating. So yeah, re-eva- exactly. So December, you have those that time off around Christmas where some people, you know, you might get a few weeks off at Christmas or you might book it off just to have the, you know, up till New Year's. Sure. And you have that time just to sit and reflect. And he's obviously sitting and reflecting. He says, I want to be a passenger in your car again. He's not actively in the car anymore. He's somewhere else. Yeah. But he's thinking about it. So it's the end of the year, which could also sort of mirror the end of the relationship. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, it's winter. It's sad. It's just, it's potentially, you, you know, sometimes winter is seen as a sad season because it's cold. You know, all the nature has died. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. That would be, that's why I think it's quite a nice title. It's not, maybe not the best title he could have given it, but uh, I do think he didn't just choose it. Or, or, I mean, he could have actually, the truth is, like you say, he could have just chosen it because that's when he wrote it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and if yeah, that's 100%. the case, like, fair enough, but also it's a bit boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. But again, it goes with the sort of diary style I feel this is. Again, it's, it feels autobiographical. Yes, um, definitely. It definitely feels more like a diary entry mm. about, about, you know, his thoughts and feelings at that time. Because it is very time orientated, it being called. December, you know, it might mm. pass and January might feel better after that blowjob. Who knows? You know? <laughs> Who knows? Mo- some, most people do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, 
I'm intrigued by the line awake and assured in your own private world. Like even though he's remembering this person fondly mm. um, and like being a passenger in their car, he's he's very astutely identified that actually, even when he was in their car, there was this separation between them. They were in their own private world. He was in his private world with his eyes shut and there was no connection there. And maybe that's why what this poem is about is the, the lack of connection. Even though you fancy this person, there was no connection. Yes, absolutely. Mm. I've definitely been in relationships where I've had no connection to that person. Mm. Like, especially when I was younger and obviously when you date, you're still experiencing dating for the first time. Yeah. And it's it's extreme because I kind of want to go back and sort of apologize to those. Oh, it was one person in particular um, because she wasn't a bad girl at all or anything. Um, mm. I just, I felt bad that... Uh, I thought she was incredibly boring and that I, I feel bad for that, you yeah. know? Um, and it, it got to the stage where one of my friends at the time, uh, he saw us sort of sitting in a room for 40 minutes without saying anything to each other. Mm. And he was like, yeah, Dylan, I, I, you might not be compatible with this girl. And I was like, you think so really? <laughs> Being all naive I was. And um, yeah, unfortunately I had to end things. And I, I, I still feel this kind of guilt about that just because she mm. is nice. And I, Obviously, you know, I had to break up with her and it was that was difficult because I was her first relationship and mm. she very much got attached to it. And um, even though we never talked, so I don't know how, but um, <laughs> this isn't Dr. Phil. I apologize. But <laughs> like it's it's really maybe he's finding guilt in, you know, when he was a passenger, he didn't say what he needed to say and didn't give this person closure or that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, good. Now I like it. I think this is why I like one of the reasons I love poetry is that, you know, you could put yourself in this, right? Yes. Any of us could identify and, you know, have it speak to us. So, yeah. Well, that was, uh, you know, if I had to pick out the two, I would, I, I really like the second one, but the name, the name, man, I can't yeah. get over it. So I'm going to have to go for the first one as my favorite. Fair enough. I, I think I might agree with you. I think the first one, she does some interesting things with words that I really like. Um, I really like wordplay and puns and things mm. like that, as you know. So Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. It's that time, Charlie. It's Dylan's poem, it's Dylan's poem, it's Dylan's poem time, Bob. This poem is called When You're Watching Me. All right. Okay. okay. I got up this morning at half ten, but you knew that, didn't you? I was going to shave my pubic hair. I bet you're thinking, really? Again? Now that I'm alone, self-love, are you here? I can't do this. There is too much fear. Okay. Have you noticed that I've used one of your words from a, from, from a previous episode? Um... The word self-love that you uh, used that previously. Uh, okay. And and that's the first time someone's used that word about masturbation I've ever heard. So that that's why it's stuck uh, in my mind. I was okay. like, oh, self-love. <laughs> I was going to say, that. it's either self-love or pu maybe pubic hair. I was like, when did I say pubic hair? I don't remember saying yeah. that. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. So uh, straight away, I'm getting creepy vibes with the title. Okay. Um, nice. I mean, it... Like, is it about your cats? Like, just like watching you all the time? I, don't I like know. when we do one of my poems. Your first thought is my cats. And I is love it? that because 90% <laughs> of it is, is true. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I do think about my cats. But this poem isn't. Because they always sort of have, I don't know. Yeah, there's, 
They're always, they're always, I mean, the house cats, they're always there. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I could see how you, you could figure yeah. that out. But it, it's the same kind of idea. Okay. okay. So you're on the same sort of track. So who, so the only other person that's in the house with you all the time is, is M. So. And, or is it? Um, <laughs> M, if, uh, if you're listening to this, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we don't. We don't have. Um, we we not turned our relationships as poly one, Charlie. That's all. No, it is. I was gonna say yeah, exactly. You said creepier. Creepier. Oh, do you have like a camera or something? You have like a what's the always camera. I don't know. Yeah. Well. Okay. Just, okay. Okay. I'm gonna give it away. Yeah. I'm gonna uh, do what? Well. Okay. Let me just have a. Let me just have a. Sorry. Yeah. Let me have another thing. So. Is it like just about ghosts? Like, I don't know. Like yes. I, I, okay. Okay. Well, I, I read a book that was. Uh, yeah, I read a, a ghost book recently, and uh, it was really good. Um, but it was hmm. about basically like turns out the main character is actually a ghost, and there's a person living in the house who killed them, and uh, it was just really creepy. So as soon as you said when you're watching wow. me, I immediately yeah. thought of that because that's. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That was my poetic <laughs> genius, you see, Charlie. That's what I was trying to do. Mm. So now that you know it's about a ghost, what, what do you think? What do you think this poem really is about? I don't know if you'll get this. It's actually a very specific form. Like, maybe no one else in the world has. I don't know, like, go I'm going to go really outlandish. So the most outlandish thing I've ever said in this <laughs> podcast. Is it like you're like worrying about your like ancient ancestors watching you masturbate? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Like, yes, yes, <laughs> oh Charlie. Gosh. Yes. How did I See, get that? I knew you could do this. <laughs> I knew that you could reach into my brain and see exactly what I was thinking. I'm so proud of you, Charlie. I, I, I mean, I don't quite know how I did it, but like it was that thing when you were like, you were like, no, 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 I'm going to tell you. I was like, no, challenge accepted. I need to do this. So, uh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a genuine fear of mine. Like. If I've had a family member die, mm. I don't touch myself for two weeks after that. Oh, really? For just safety, as a safety precaution. A safety because precaution. there's nothing worse. Imagine, imagine. Do you know what I mean? It'd be horrible, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, what? I, I, part of me thinks, okay, um, there's that whole thing, isn't there, of like, my, uh, my sister-in-law is a nurse, and she was, ta- okay. she was talking to me the other day that... Um, you know, when pe- she works in palliative care sometimes, or she used to, yeah. and, uh, you know, when people would die, she would often open the windows to like, it's like a superstitious thing or just like, like to let their soul, the soul to go yeah, out yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. I don't know if superstitious is the right word, but just like, a you know, as a thing, this yeah. is a thing she does. And, um, yeah, so it sort of reminds me of that. So I'm like, well, if you just open a window, like, you know, See, you'll be fine. They say, <laughs> right, they've dressed that up so nicely for you, saying, oh, they open the window mm. so that the soul goes out. But it's the fucking stench of the corpse, Charlie. That's what I think it really <laughs> oh is. And that's the horrible oh, truth. No. <laughs> wow. And I thought I was going to be the person who said the crazy thing today on the podcast. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, but, like, wouldn't that be funny if... If if that was the reality where the soul would go out the window and it's sort of going up to the heavens and then as it goes past, it goes past the window of the grandson just tugging one out. <laughs> just on the, uh, damn it. I would be <laughs> so close. I'd be so paranoid. Oh my gosh. That, yeah, that's... I, I, I honestly, I'd be massively... No, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with that. Um, yeah. I'd be, yeah. I'd be worrying that, like, you know, I'd trapped my relatives' souls in my house... 
Yeah, yeah. Couldn't yeah. do that. Gosh, this got dark, didn't it, this poem? <laughs> a little, a little dark. Um, yes, so... Okay, I mean, you know, <laughs> I do. I, I I hope that these poems outlast me, and that people can read this in hundreds of years' time and get exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> you know. Yep. Okay. Well, thank you for watching, like usual, or listening in this case. Um, <laughs> you can view all the videos of our podcast on IHatePoetry.co.uk and also read the poems. You know, yes. to follow along. Indeed. That is the best experience, isn't it, Charlie? It is. The best way to, to follow along is to have the poems in front of you. So. Absolutely. Whilst maybe having a blowjob behind wheelie bins. But we'll leave that up to you. <laughs> That's up to your discretion. <laughs> That's going to happen now, isn't it? That's gonna, someone's going someone's gonna to write in. Someone's going <laughs> to... They're going to submit a poem when you just submitted one. All of the Americans are going to be like, what's a wheelie bin? <laughs> some, <laughs> some British person's going to go, oh, I listen to the podcast getting a blow behind a wheelie bin. Well done, lads. lads. Banter, banter. Uh, that, that was your best voice yet, actually. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>